Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. Episode 140, uh, presented by Cosmic Disc Golf. We say it all the time. You want to get paid to run an event? Reach out to Cosmic. CosmicDG.com. Find out what you can do to help disc golf and Cosmic can help you. Nick, episode 140 is a very special episode for the reason that the evening of this recording, which Mm -hmm. is the day of Memorial, (laughs) Memorial Day, the 29th, the Celtics, the Boston Celtics have forced a game seven after being three down in the series. This is only the fourth time that's ever happened in the NBA. I know you're a basketball mm-hmm. fan. You can bring Evan in here Big too. Time. Evan is a basketball fan. And Ben? I'm a basketball fan. Okay. And we're all of us are from this neck of the woods. Somehow or another, yeah. we're fans Boston. of the Boston Celtics. I think Evan has a close tie. I'll let you guys talk about it. But tonight's show, we're pulling it off on Memorial Day and the game seven of the Boston Celtics for you. But there is a caveat. You're only getting half a show. <laughs> you're going to yeah. get the, you'll get a full complete show, but it's only going to be an mm-hmm. hour long. So Nick Celtics fan, right? Oh, big time. Big, but have you, okay. But there's, there's something on the line here where you might choose not to watch. Tell us why there is. Yeah. Um, for some odd reason, whenever I want to watch sports or my <laughs> friends compete in sports, I seem to be some sort of bad luck charm. Cause the first two games that I watch out of the Celtics series, they lost. And then I didn't even bother watching game three and they got blown out. But then game four five and six, I did not watch a single second of it. Just kept up to date on the ESPN app with scores. And somehow we've won all three of them. So I'm debating, I'm going to watch Don't the first it. few minutes of it. And if we go down by 10 or more, I'm shutting it off right away. Shut I think off. I'm going to cut it off at six points. <laughs> Shut it yeah. off. Evan, yeah. you you know or went to school with, is this correct? Um, one of the players who actually was responsible for the win uh, two well, nights ago. The player who was responsible for the win. And and I know him as in I watched him in college. Okay. I don't personally know him. Uh, I mean, I think I've like, You're friends with his dad my... on Facebook. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no. Twitter. No. Twitter. Somebody, oh, Twitter. Yeah, his, his dad follows me on Twitter oh, because. Snap. When. So, oh, yeah. Okay. So, Derek <laughs> White's story. White. Went to a D, he went to a D2 school. He transferred into Colorado for his senior year, had to sit a year off. Uh, he kind of, you know, followed Colorado sports. And I was following all the people and tweeting about it and followed him probably. I don't really know. He followed me back. He follows a lot of people back, but he still has that like one to four ratio. So he, he has four times as many followers. So like it feels a little special and it's <laughs> oh cool. Uh, but yeah, that's obviously a stretch right there. I just, I watched him in college and let me tell you, he was incredible coming as a D2 transfer. You didn't expect much. And when he sat out, the whole team was excited about him. I, I got so much more to say about that. It is exciting. But seeing him have that last second tip and not only just being on the court for the Celtics in this in final play after a timeout with, uh, what was it, 3.0 seconds left in the game. Yeah. He's inbounding the ball. I'm like, let's go find a good open man, Derek. Uh, he kind of does. Marcus Smart has that turnaround jumper that was almost in. But my man Derek won. He he slid to the wing. Was was there if Marcus didn't want to take it? Once he saw the shot go up, he crashed the boards. And you know Tatum was on the other side. Derek White was on the left side. Went to Derek White. He got the ball out real quick off the backboard to get the buzzer beater to win. One of the most incredible moments 
uh, in sports of the last you know few years, and it will go down in history. I think if the Celtics uh, can go a little bit further and uh, finish Let's the season, go out. Celtics! Pop, 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 pop. Hey, so point one seconds left. It made the game that much more exciting to have a timer. Can we do that in disc golf? Like actual timers? We've talked about this, right? Like put it up on the fairway. It's like this is how long you get. No, I'm just kidding. Bad, bad idea. Um, hey, dude. So some of you know. Um, my my life i grew up in a pastor's family i ended up serving in a church for quite a few years and then um more recently i've not been serving as in a role at a church and i found a church that i'm a part of um in the in the West, greater worcester county area of massachusetts and there's a guy leading the music okay up front <clears throat> you guys have no idea where i'm going with this <laughs> but there's a guy up in front leading the music and i've been going here a while uh, maybe a couple years now and I, I step out after the service and he comes up to me and he goes, Matt, from the Nick and Matt show? <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, sorry, like I've never come over and introduced myself, but I don't, I didn't like fully recognize you because I, I listen to you guys every Tuesday morning um, for the past six months. He's I'm a pandemic disc golfer. Like that's where I came. Six months I've been listening to you guys every Tuesday morning. And Evan, the hat you gave me, I think is the I think that might be the reason why. I was wearing it. Some of you might think that's disrespectful. I don't know, but I was wearing it in the church service. And I think he recognized it. He gave good words about you, Evan. He loves the stats you bring. Intern Ben. Nick, like we're doing something. He says he likes to talk about ratings. That that might be a lie. But anyway, <laughs> shout out to Drew. Um, totally cool, man. I'm glad to have met you. And here's your shout out Tuesday morning. If you're listening, there you go. Hope it made your day. Um, put a smile on your face. We'll catch around sometime. Anyways, seriously, he said he didn't know much about ratings at all and he finds it interesting. So, uh, there you go. Um, there's a lot to dive into that. <laughs> there is a lot to dive into that. Um, but let's go to Ben real quick. Ben oh, update. Me? You traveled this week for disc golf. Give us the, whatever you can go full screen. Let's okay. get, give the story. What happened? Uh, yeah, so I traveled down, so I have a YouTube channel that I'm making my own challenges, like do a certain thing, win money. Um, I did, Matt, Matt was a part of, first one to ace wins $200. Uh, another round disc golf reached out to me. They said they liked the, the video and a lot of people were asking me like, yo, take this on the road, take this on the road. So when they reached out to me, um, you know, if you know Joseph from another round, he aces a lot. So I was like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity to create a video with Joseph and see if the people down there can ace. Um, can ace. Basically, that's it. Except he put up $300 and I put up 200 to make the ace spot $500. So first one to ace got $500. And um, we did it in the North Carolina area. So basically, I just flew down just for one video. Um, for content for y'all and um, yeah that's coming out soon and Big Germ showed up which is actually incredible that, that was actually really cool to see uh, the ace witnesses himself so it's going to come out soon you're going to have to see if uh, someone aced for that big 500 buckaroo well I so, hope our compressors speaking... worked on the audio there with that $500 yo we'll see if people's eardrums are bleeding <laughs> after that what Nick so I played a tournament Two weekends ago at Lake Marshall, I got an ace on hole 10, and then I played a tournament this past weekend and got an ace on hole 12. So I'm back-to-back -to -back tournament aces, which 
I don't think will ever happen again in my disc golf career. Ooh. But the shot I played the Grange this weekend, the uh, Blockhouse that used to be called Two Days in May. There's some cool coverage of it. Um, but this year was an unsanctioned event, just three days tea timed each day. The last day was Shotgun Star at 10 o'clock, so we could try to beat the rain. Uh, but it was super fun. And if anyone ever has the treat of going out to the Blockhouse, it's absolutely incredible. Mm. The two courses there. Uh, Philo Brathwaite, that is cool, Nick. Sorry, I'm just cutting it off. <laughs> we're moving along. We There's no way we're fitting this in an hour tonight, guys. We're going to try. We have to. Nick says he's just going to get up and walk out. Um, but Philo Brathwaite, everyone on tonight, he's he was texting me right now. If you saw me on camera, I'm kind of looking and trying to see what happens here. He says his service is patchy. He's in the same location. I don't know if he has the mountains as Jennifer Allen, but he's in that location. He says service is patchy. We know Jen said that as well. Uh, we're lowering our data request from our side. We hope it works out for everybody here. But Evan, tell us what's happening um, statistics result-wise. We had a silver event, and we had a, uh, a Masters major. I think that's the right way to say it. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead, Evan. No, yeah, you hit it right. Well, I'll, I'm going to hit two other events real quick in under 30 seconds. We have the Prodigy Disc Pro Tour, number one of 2023 in Helsinki. That's the fun kind of the Finnish national tour sponsored by Prodigy, of course. We saw Mari Vilman take it down. Uh, he was the Copenhagen Open winner on the European Pro Tour, different tour uh, across Europe, of course. Um, so you might have heard me say his name recently. He picks up his win the first of the year in the Prodigy Disc Pro Tour. He is now 73rd in the Statmando official rankings, moving on up. And in FPO, we saw Heidi Lane win yet again. We've said her name more than a few times in the recent weeks as well. She's up to 27th. Uh, other names you might recognize, Lori Lettinen finished fourth in MPO. He's played a, numerous events in the States, along with Silva Saarinen, who had a fantastic stint in the U.S. earlier this year. She finished third in FPO with uh, Kaidi Alsalu finishing fourth. Uh, I want to head over to the Rocket City Blast. Uh, I actually didn't look up the location, but I'm going to guess Huntsville, Alabama with this one because Matt Houston, Orm took no, it down Houston, in MPO. Houston, Texas, the Rocket, Rocket City. I mean, I don't know. No, I think it's Huntsville, Alabama. Okay. They're well, both Rocket City, but I'm, <laughs> hey, let's have people look it up because I'm reading off a script right here. Uh, <laughs> My screens are all different because the sun's in my background, and I'm yep. not allowed to have multiple screens. So I'm going to guess uh, Huntsville, Alabama. That's that's my okay. favorite right there. Matt Orton wins it, but I want to mention Aiden Scott also comes in third. He's first in Disc Golf Pro Tour rookies. I've said his name more than a, a few times in the recent weeks as, uh, recent weeks as well. Uh, we saw Nina Guerrero win in an FPO, but Cadence Burge, we've also talked about, finished in second. Um, but that brings us into, uh, Matt, this is what you said, the second biggest event of the weekend, the Cascade Challenge. That's uh, up for debate depending on how you take in uh, disc golf and what you prioritize. Uh, but it was a silver event out in Shelton, Washington at the shelton springs disc golf course uh this was a new course we've seen on tour uh inaugural event of uh of this in the uh, on the tour level at least um and seeing it hit uh disc golf network and our uh, pro players hitting it we saw ricky waisaki make his comeback he played last week at beaver state fling uh, i believe he finished top 10 or so uh, but he gets the win here by three strokes ricky waisaki is back uh, he now has the most silver wins in mpo history with four of course silvers are kind of a recent uh tour level um but the most any other player has is two and there's a four-way tie um at two wins between numerous players we did see matt bell get a second place finish this is his first top five on tour since the 2021 mvp open uh, where he finished fourth and it's only a second podium on tour ever uh, which of course includes his 2019 delaware win on the national tour stage uh, evan scott not to be confused with aiden scott i don't think they're related either uh he finished tied for second as what about uh, great scott 
Oh, sorry. Uh, not related dad, to him either. Dad in me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is his second ever tour top 10. The uh, only other was fourth uh, at the 2022 Beaver State Fling last year on the silver level as well. Uh, and it's his best finish of 2023 uh, thus far. His best previous finish this year uh, was 23rd at the OTB Open. Of, of course, I'm mentioning tour events only. We also saw James Codrad finish fourth. He had a super hot round, got to a three-stroke lead after round one, ultimately does not close it down. He still has not won on tour since the 2021 uh, PDGA World Championships. And then we saw fifth place come to Eagle McMahon, who, of course, won last week at Beaver State Fling. He had the opposite of James Conrad in round one. He had a kind of a poor start, uh, came back and got a great quality finish, heading into the Portland Open next week, where uh, Eagle Man sure does like that course, along with Beaver State. Uh, in FBO, we saw Ben's favorite player in the world, Kat Murch, take it down. Her second win of the season. She had not won prior to Jonesboro just about a month or so, or so ago now. Uh, and she now has two wins on the season, looking as good as she uh, has been. Sayananda finishes second. We saw her get a win earlier this year at a silver event. Uh, she's now in her home state. Of Washington, although the complete other side of the state, uh, she gets a second place finish. And then we saw Holland Hanley, Maria Oliva, and Lisa Fakus all finish on the podium tied for third. Anything else you guys want to mention on Cascade Challenge before hopping into the uh, Tim Selinski? Before, before Cascade, Robbie C. in the chat, everybody. We said, love you, Robbie C. He said, and others too, uh, Huntsville it was, was the answer. So Let's go. go, Matt. You get a point. You can, uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so cool no that's cool uh, man um i just on that event alone again i'm not as interested in these silver events obviously i try to stay in tune with what's happening and good job to cat is that a, you might have said this again i've got stuff going on here did you say that was a, a first repeat winner in fpo or kristen tatar did that no kristen star and Paige pierce both have this year okay. at least i'm trying to think if there's any others but th that might be it so she's only the third to join a a grouping with Paige Pierce and Kristen Tatar. Right. And you're Not the only third member. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I obviously should have known that one. Uh, I think my wife asked that question. And I said, no. And then here I am sitting thinking about it. I'm like, maybe. <laughs> um, and then MPO Ricky, but we haven't had, again, I'm probably wrong. Repeat winner. We haven't had a repeat winner in MPO. Have we? Uh, Gannon won oh, the yep. open in Austin and blue, blue Ridge. All right silver event uh calvin's definitely won multiple i think he's won three now Dang right it, dude i'm off my game tonight yeah. my maybe bad. just two. yeah Sorry, that we it, that. yeah yeah as i said it's silver events and it's all events now yeah. i'm just checking out eventually the podcast will just be over yeah look at it. You're, you're just thinking about the Celtics game tonight i hear you but yeah there's been a yeah. lot of good disc golf this year um i i'm actually excited i where i was this whole weekend we didn't have good cell reception so i'm excited to actually sit down and watch some of the coverage and this will be one of the few times that i actually get to enjoy watching post-round production because I, I really i know the course was a little bit more wooded than i think we're kind of used to seeing nowadays which to me i think is really cool um and then i i'll probably i won't be surprised if there's a bunch of open holes too yeah from what i saw i think I, I can't even remember it's been a long weekend i think i watched a chunk on friday i think i at least watched at least a chunk of fpo i don't even know if i watched any F, uh, mpo this whole weekend um even though that they had live coverage on dgn all three days and it's on post i believe on central coast just haven't had time either um but it definitely had some wooded holes like it but i don't think it was completely wooded there's a good mm -hmm. amount of open ones whether grass or kind of open shul and it wasn't like tight nasty woods either like what people yeah. think of like with northwood or a few others um it, it had the you know typical pacific northwest big trees uh i 
famously got the name wrong last time and someone had to correct me in the chat. So I'm going to leave that out. But uh, those don't have a lot of branches. So you kind of have these lanes to choose from, which is really cool. It doesn't I'm not saying it makes it any easier. It's still beautiful. But you kind of have a little bit more room to work with uh, making your own gaps if there is a, a spot. So I, I really enjoy that. I think it's um, you get to see awesome, awesome golf. And I, I think yeah. it was uh, from from what I saw, I think it was a really fun event to check out. I do know that there was some cell coverage uh, towards the end of the event um, and just, you know, getting some pixelated coverage whether it's not good enough cell service or just too many spectators with uh uh using their phones and taking up all the bandwidth i'm not really sure um but those things you know get improved every year did so it bother me it. to see it so pixelated answer is yes so if anyone thinks that i'm just here to fully support it i am <laughs> but i'm also going to be honest about it like it is frustrating and but it's like i know what's happening i know what i'm paying for it's still frustrating. I'm like, I can't even see that. I can't see the disc. I don't even know who's throwing right now. Yeah. It got really bad. Yeah. But, and I told my wife, I said, but this is still how I want to watch it. Like if this is all that was available, it's still how I want to watch it because I'm getting the moment of what's happening like real time. That's me. Yeah. But I came from a place where we didn't have live coverage for a long time. Avery Jenkins walking around with Facebook live. Like that's what we used to have back in the <laughs> yeah. day. So. <laughs> No, well, give uh, us the give us what else take, you got. Yeah, take it over to the 2023 PDGA Tim Selinski US Masters Disc Golf Championship. Uh has even a longer name from that. I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, this is our first <laughs> Masters major of the year, if I'm not mistaken. We had uh an AM major uh with the college nationals. We had the uh the major at PDGA Champions Cup and Augusta, Georgia. We have now hit a Masters major. Uh, and looking at the leaderboard, it was incredibly exciting. I believe the coverage is on Ace Round Pro for select divisions. Um, I have not checked it out yet. I don't know if uh, Matt or Nick have, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, but we saw a playoff in MP40. We saw Philo Brathwaite uh, get his first Masters win of his career, first Masters major win of his career as well, of course, uh, in only a second Masters event he has ever played. He played 2021 Masters Worlds, hadn't played MP40 or any other Masters division of you wouldn't be eligible for any higher ones, but uh, hasn't played any uh, since then. Only two in his career. Gets the win in a playoff over Kale Leviska. Uh, I think people notably will remember me uh, mentioning that Philo Brathwaite has the most MPO major or elite starts without a win in his career. He's up to 152. Of course, that doesn't include this one because it's not an MPO uh, major, but he gets his first major win of any kind here uh this weekend so uh although it doesn't uh un it doesn't undo the other stat it is an awesome accomplishment that he gets here digging down kale lavisca who i would have assumed would have been the heavy favorite going into this uh in fp40 we saw own scoggins take down her fourth masters major win uh she oh, i didn't actually write it down one by a lot seven <laughs> 14 something like that she it, won by 14 14 thank you i yeah. didn't i didn't want to be too rude because jen allen finished in second um but it was a a monster performance by own and that fp40 field is is pretty full of great players that we see play fpo on any given weekend on tour as well uh so very cool to see her take that down uh a name that other people will definitely know in mp50 johnny mccray getting his fourth masters major win uh, in fp50 we saw juliana corver get her 10th major uh across all divisions uh she has six majors uh in fpo uh, five world championships and then i think a women's national championship is the sixth uh she actually has an am major win and this is her third masters major win of her career uh suggest so to her there's of course many other divisions i'm gonna leave it at just those four for now uh but definitely check out the event page and 
uh, see if anyone else, uh, one that you'll recognize. I'm, I'm trying to think if I have any stupid questions to ask that you're like, Matt, it's obvious, but I don't, I, I that's good. And we're going to have Philo on here in a little bit. Any, anything for you, Nick, on that, that masters, the Tim Selinski? No, it was cool to see. I mean, Kale is one of my favorite people to kind of follow along when mm. he's at events. And so I definitely thought that when he brought it back into the playoff that, Hey, maybe we'll see Kale win this event. Um, but Philo did end up winning, which is pretty wild because of how, how much he's doing with DGN nowadays, and he's still able to go out and compete at a very high level. So kudos to him because mm-hmm. that's an incredible accomplishment. And then, honestly, the the payouts throughout the whole tournament, I would say, in every single division were very impressive. I think $6,800 for first place in the MP40 division, $2,300 went to Own, $4,500 went to Johnny. I mean, that's a pretty nice weekend of disc golf, I would say, for anyone who cashed at that event. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'll add in one more thing is uh, with uh, the Tim Selinski U.S. Masters, it is part of the uh, Disc Golf Masters Tour. Uh, the Stat Mando is calculating the standings on our website. If you want to check those out, we are waiting on a few registration details from this event. So it is not updated uh, quite yet for the Tim Selinski U.S. Masters tournament, but it is updated throughout the year and, and check back for when that update does happen. Um, but very cool to see that and those standings happening. They'll have a, a championship, I believe, at North Cove uh, towards the end of the year, uh, probably October sometime. I'm not sure the exact dates, but you can check out their site or socials for those more details. But it's really cool seeing that tour get put together and uh, numerous players will get points from this event um then also just a stat mando shout out we'll also have the uh, sunstein series points on our website as well they just had a big event the sunstein open at 501 this past weekend uh i, I know all of us have played 501 in a number of times uh, but we saw you know a lot of a lot of cool disc golf happen there all weekend on a long memorial day weekend yeah absolutely and it's good to see sunstein supporting local as we also see them on the pro mm-hmm. tour um, Nick, I, I want to start out this shout out here. Uh, Hot Boom Sauce. This has been the one. Is it? This is my current favorite flavor. I eat this one. It's Nick, Ben. You guys like to say succulent. Ben, <laughs> uh, Nick likes to say hellfire or whatever. And it's horrible, yeah, but way too spicy. It's good. Hot Boom Sauce. It's got the pepper flakes right on it. Um, I, I have that. I have these double G hats that I wear all the time. Only reason I'm wearing the Stat Manda one is because Evan gave it to me recently. Like as in like a day or two ago. Um, But Nick, what are we doing this week? We're giving away more jerky stuff? Yeah, we're giving away more Double G Craft Jerky things. So everyone tuning in live tonight, here's your opportunity to win a giveaway that we are doing this week in partnership with the Double G Craft Jerky guys. Um, Double G Craft Jerky is sponsoring two players this year. They have not been announced, but they are... Two new players joining the team who are also going to have their own personal flavor. So the way you win the contest is guessing the two players, who they are, and then guessing what kind of flavor they are coming out with. One is an active touring professional. The other one is not an active touring professional, but a professional in the sport back when they played. So those are the two rules of the game, and we are going to let the chat kind of go off with it. Ben is going to be watching. Like I said, name the two players. One is an active touring pro. One used to be an active touring pro. And then guess what kind of flavors they are going to be coming out with. And you are going to win a plethora of items. One of them is going to be a hat, a mini, I a, have, pen, a bag of jerky. Here, go to koozie. me, full screen. Yes, this towel's actually amazing. And the new full-size towel that they'll it's be coming out with I'm trying well. to wrap it up. It's ma- I can't. I can't even wrap it up. It's too much. <laughs> it's a there blanket. It's whatever you want it to be. Okay, so 
Without further ado, though, while that's being played, and Ben will keep an eye on that, yes. write the name down if you see it, because we'll come back to it. We've got someone to bring into the show. Let's go ahead and do that, everybody. Let's bring in the recent Masters major winner, Philo Brathwaite. Welcome to the show, Philo. Can you hear us okay? Oh, it- yeah, hey, you guys. Great. Sorry if the picture's not so good. That's all right. We can at least hear you, which is a good thing. Kind of. Kind Sorry, of. Sorry, the video's pretty bad up here. Yep. So the video is kind of, the, huh? vi- yeah, the video. Oh, there. See, it's changing every 10 seconds of video. We can hear you generally. So we're going to kind of go with that. Hold on a second. Um, I'm going to even request less from you. <laughs> Let me go ahead and try that and see what happens. We're going to go real low on the video. Um, it's going to go black for a second. And then can you pull back up on uh, the interviewer four up? Yeah. Okay. Oh. <clears throat> we may we may, there. Okay. Can you can you hear us now, Philo? I've heard you guys crystal clear the whole time. Okay, good. All right. So, hey, tell us, man. Sorry, the picture's not so good. You've been playing disc golf for a long time, but where does this win rank for you? Oh, definitely top of the list, man. It's, uh, I think, every pro's dream to accomplish a major win at some point or another. I think that really sets you in a different category of disc golfer. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Talk to us kind of definitely what it means with how much work you're doing with DGN nowadays and spending a lot of time focusing on the commentary aspect of disc golf and then still being able to go out and play very well at the big events. How are you juggling that time? I'm just trying to make it work, man, make it happen. It's, you know, talking about disc golf is so much easier than playing. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, no doubt. Being in the booth isn't a stressful situation for me. I mean, I've only got one thing to worry about, and that's not saying anything stupid. <laughs> so uh, if I can avoid that, then it's a good day, right? Oh, absolutely. No, we, we try to uh, avoid saying stupid things, but we say them all the time. Yeah, well, it's a little different when you're on live TV and everybody's watching, right? No, I totally agree with it that. It is. I was talking to some play, uh, uh, some people who do podcasts, and it's not live, and I said it must be nice. <laughs> but, yeah, mm-hmm. so here we are live right now. You had have a big win there. You're doing a lot of talking about disc golf. Um, we have a lot more to talk about, but, like, where do you see yourself in the sport right now? You want to keep going down this commentary role mainly, uh, playing smaller events, or are you, are you planning to go full bore in this uh, master's division whenever you can? Wow, that's a good question, man. I honestly haven't put a whole lot of thought to it. I'm just kind of taking things as they come. Um, obviously, the Disc Golf Pro Tour role for me is a, is a big step in a different direction from being a player. Um, I'm just trying to embrace it and enjoy it for what it is and you know, try to fit in playing where I can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the role as a commentator is really starting to pick up and fill out a lot of my season. I think I've got like 10 or almost 10 or 11 events doing DGN this year. So that eats up a lot of the tour right there. I mean, I would love to play more pro tour events, but I've lost my card since I've been doing so much commentary. So, um, yeah, I've kind of got to get like special exemptions and make special requests there play with the, with the pro tour fellows. But uh, honestly, I mean, I enjoy playing majors. I enjoy playing, you know, the biggest events that, you know, I can play. Um, Definitely there's been a shift. Um, I'm not focused as much as I used to be on the actual competition side. I mean, I would like to, but it's really hard with the commentary. It just takes you completely out of the rhythm. If I'm doing live, I can't play. So, you know, 
you know, competitive rounds are a whole different beast than just practicing on your own or playing a little C tier or B tier, you know, like you got to play with the best players to keep those skills sharp. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just going to be a, 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 you know, kind of a season by season thing, you know, really depends on what happens with the commentary role each season. You know, if for some reason that starts tapering off, then you might see me playing more masters events. Mm-hmm. What was your mindset? Uh, you just mentioned, you know, it's a different thing, obviously talking and it gets you out of the rhythm of competing. But when you went into the Tim Selinski, um major what was your mindset like hey this is awesome i'm playing again or like what what did you have to do to get ready for that uh pretty much the same routine i've always had you know just kind of keep the the swings alive get some putting practice in um it's obviously not as intimidating playing against the guys that are my age compared to playing with paul Macbeth or calvin heimberg and Gear all these kids moving the disc, you know, five fifty. So it's a different, you know, feel the the energy is on a different level. I mean, obviously the guys still want to win, and they're all extremely talented. But category, and even if they out drive, you know, thirty years, <clears throat> just as fair a chance as anybody to win last week if I could play my game and get acclimated to the to the environment and the courses and I was feeling pretty confident about it I didn't feel like I've lost that big of a step over the couple of seasons I haven't been on tour so yeah it was just a matter of uh just trying to show up with the right game and the right mindset and somehow I figured it out found the code (laughs) well yeah definitely kind of talk to us about the tournament itself and then especially the last round with Kyle kind of or excuse me Kale making a charge at the end of it and forcing the playoff just talk to us about the mindset and how you deal with everything on the course in a big moment like that. I'm, I'm assuming you can still hear us. I did not hear you. Okay. There we can go. you hear me now? There we go. I lost you for a second. Try one okay. more time. Yeah, I, uh, I was going to say, tell, tell us a little bit about the last round and kind of Kale was making a I don't push hear for him. it. Did, did I lose him? Oh, you don't hear Nick. I hear you, but I don't hear Nick. That's interesting. Oh, that's this weird. is this has happened yeah. one other time in our history. But he's what he's asking is, tell us about more or less the disc golf itself. You come in especially to the final round with Kale um, making a strong push. And obviously, if you we watched live scoring, we saw that he tied it and went to a playoff. Tell us about what that was like coming down the home stretch. What was the pressure like? How are you feeling? Yeah. <laughs> It sucks, man. I mean, you 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 want to win like a clean tournament. Honestly, you don't want to like let the guys have a chance. So it adds a lot of pressure and stress to the situation. Which uh, obviously, after you've been playing for fifteen or twenty years, like you kind of learn to acclimate to it. But you'd rather not have to deal with it so intensely. You know, like you, every shot matters. You know, the last nine holes, I knew we were. I never looked at live scoring, so I didn't officially know where things were. But I had a feeling it was pretty tight. And I just wanted to play my play the shots out, and the chips were going to fall where they fell. And yeah, man, once uh, I realized we got to the last hole, and I kind of had a feeling Kale and I were tied, and it was kind of a match play thing, mano a mano. You know, I don't know, man. I just just focused on the task at hand. You know, I, I kind of threw my approach into the green on 18 a little bit long, left it kind of a headwind putt, and not really the angle you'd like to putt for a, a you know a putt to tie to go to a playoff and. You know, I just believed in that putt all weekend. It really served me well out at Circle uh, Circle Bar Golf Course. It was super windy out there. The wind was really hard to navigate, and spe- especially putting. But I found a really nice putting stroke, and I just trusted it on that last one, took it to overtime, and 
you know, I think it was kind of fortunate that Kale won the coin toss and, and got to go first because I got to react. And his shot was, you know, a little shy, left him circle two. And, you know, I kind of just said to myself, you know, let's end this right now when I got to the tee pad and uh, stuffed it in there nice and close, man, left myself a tap in. And, yeah, big pressure relief, man. I, I wasn't overly nervous or excited about that tee shot in the playoff. I just felt like it was a pretty routine hyzer as long as I put the right move on it. It should land in in a in a good spot. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm really grateful it all panned out and worked out in my favor. I mean, Kale could have easily won that tournament. There was a bunch of putts that he had that were totally makeable that just slipped through or just off the mark. You know, there's a couple of times Matt Blakely was charging and crept up there and made things interesting. You know, Stewart had some moments too. Things got tight and we got on the back nine. But you know, after years of experience and being in these pressure pack moments, I just tried to stay calm, stay you know stay confident keep believing in myself and man it's grateful that i walked out with the dub man it's a big mm -hmm. burden to get off the shoulders after 20 years playing disc golf yeah well congratulations on that um you mentioned something in in your answer that i find interesting at least a little bit um you said it's it's obvious i think you used the word obvious not not as um intimidating in the mp40 division you know you mentioned paul mcbeth and others um what is it about your game that you feel like isn't where you want it to be to play in your MPO? Like, so with the Paul McBeths and the Rickies, I mean, where would you stand there? Is it your distance? What is it about the game today that does make that more intimidating <laughs> in MPO? Absolutely. The, the speed, man, those kids throw the disc on a completely different speed. And uh, obviously the courses are getting more geared towards the length in the game the technical aspect of it is kind of starting to phase out you don't see a lot of guys throwing you know rocks or fairway drivers you know mid-range shots much off the tee anymore it's pretty much all high speed driver and high speed driver into the green you know maybe a little touch here and there but yeah the speed is really the big caveat man that's something that i can't get back unfortunately um i don't think my speed was ever really quite up to par with the likes of an eagle mcmahon or you know, these guys throwing the disc 70 plus miles an hour. I don't think I was ever really in that ballpark, but uh, yeah, the game's just evolving, you know. Um, I'm really grateful I got in when I did, man. You know, <laughs> I got to play golf when it was relatively fair for everybody. Um, there wasn't really anybody out there who was leaps and bounds more talented physically than everybody else. Maybe a guy like Avery Jenkins is one of the dudes who really put a move on the disc, but there are only so many courses that really uh, catered to that. So, you know, I felt like I played in a really fair era of disc golf. And um, I'm just happy I got to have the career I did as a pro player when I did. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm everyone, I'm taking this interview because you can't hear Nick right now. I'm sorry, Nick. But yeah, um, no, totally fine. Um, so you mentioned, you know, mid ranges and things of that nature aren't getting thrown as much. We've heard Simon recently. He made some, uh, I don't know, if his tweets or Instagram story posts talking about the game. And we've talked about it with Simon and others before, like, I think Paul mentioned disc golf back in the woods where it belongs. I think he said that about WR Jackson. There are this mindset that like disc golf has made a pretty big shift as you just communicated. Where do you think, do you think we should kind of swing back a little bit? Do you think we should find some of these par three in the woods courses, bring those back and watch that, that, um, that discipline, if you will, of disc golf come back more than it is now. How do you feel about that? I think it really balances out the 
the visual, I think, not only the visual, but the um, the competitive arena. You know, when you have bomber course after bomber course after bomber course, you're really only seeing one style of play. Um, I definitely do agree, of course, like W.R. Jackson, if we had more of those incorporated into the tour, you know, look at what happened a couple of seasons ago. Guys like Matt Bell and, you know, Connor O'Reilly and all these kind of like not I wouldn't say that they're not top tier names, but they're they're not those 1050 rated players, you know, that can can get a win on courses like that. But when you set them up on these tracks that are wide open and these guys with the length advantage really can use it and it's hard for guys to make to gain strokes on them. Yeah, you'd kind of like to see a little bit of variety out mm -hmm. there, you know. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's a good thing to see. I mean, even in traditional golf, it's not all the same style every time. You know, they mix it up. There's different styles of golf courses that these guys got to tackle. Not that we don't, but it seems more like we're leaning towards the big bomber course and showcase the length in the, in the game. Yeah. Um, when I think of you, Philo, I've been in the game myself. I think this is my 18th year. I, I've known about you. I've watched you. You've always been a fun player to watch. And what comes to mind for me is control especially with the mid ranges, with the fairways, um, really smooth. I, I would like, I've learned from your, your clinics, whether they're on YouTube or in person. And I think that would be awesome to see players who have that skill be able to compete against the top, because that is something that you're able to do well as well. Uh, I'm thinking of other sports where that's a thing. They have different disciplines and I would love to see that myself. Um, but so you're, co you're commentating, you're talking, are you doing the Portland open? Or are you on the mic? I'm on the mic this week for Portland Open. Okay. Um, tell us, what's Ian really like? You know, I mean, off cameras. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Same guy you got to see, man. He's a really happy, easygoing, mellow kind of guy. I mean, I think he just really loves disc golf, man. And, and both of us are in a very similar situation here where this was kind of a hobby, something to, that we just wanted to do for fun that turned into something way bigger than either of us expected. You know, when he started Central Coast Disc Golf, it was just something fun to do with his friends and they just wanted to be a part of the game in whatever way they could. And when he asked me to do post-production commentary with him, I didn't really think much of it. I was just trying to help my friend out. You know, I didn't really think of oh, my personal brand or my personal legacy or, you know, me, me, me. It was just more I'm trying to help my friend and he asked for help. So let's let's knock it out, you know, and have a good time doing it. And. He's a real pleasure to work with, man. He's the best setup man I could have ever dreamed for. He's so good at giving me the, the right questions at the right times and making life easy for me. And he's so intelligent and so prepared. You know, it's, he's a pleasure to be around. He's a really nice guy, all in all. Great family man, really cares about his kids. And he, you know, he adopted a couple of kids at one point and just the way that he cared for them, like they were his own. That's a unique trait in, in, in human beings, you know? Wow. Uh, the holy shot comes to mind. I can always hear his, oh, <laughs> in my head. Um, so, anyone. Yeah. And so, is that how you got the gig with the Disc Golf Network? Is it because you did work with uh, Ian and people loved you? And then, so that was where your start came. DGN reached out. Yeah. It was uh, USDGC a few years back where uh, the crew at Innova got to decide who they wanted for the commentator role. And uh, Ian and I, our names came up and when they brought it to me, I was like so shocked. It's like, what are you guys talking about? Like, you don't want me to play? Like, you'd rather me be in the booth? You're like, are you trying to tell me something? You know, is my, my that bad that you guys need to take me off the golf course? But uh, 
No, they just thought we were the best duo for the team. They thought we had the best balance of, uh, you know, that kind of camaraderie, banter, playful, but also informative and, you know, entertaining for the groups out there, everybody watching. So, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I'm just really surprised and grateful. I mean, thankful we got that opportunity and we're doing the best we can with it. Yeah. Um, one final one for me, and if Nick or Evan has one, I can pass it along, but is you've been with Innova. You've been with Innova as far as I can remember as a main sponsor. Um, is that something that you see indefinitely from here on out? I know Nate Sexton talks about that. He's happy and this is where he'll be forever. Um, have you been with other teams and do you plan to stick it out with Innova forever? Oh uh, yeah, it's looking like it. Um, there's really no reason to jump ship. I've been with them uh, my whole career. They picked me up right from the jump, pretty much my first uh, actual season as a professional. They caught, caught up with me in Vegas and offered me a ground level. And I've obviously earned my way up to the top of the ladder over a number of years. And I hope to continue this partnership with them. I mean, our brands are synonymous with each other. You know, you think Philo, you think Innova, you think Innova, you think Philo kind of thing. And I don't have any reason to mix that up. I mean, I could sit here and gripe about a couple of dollars here and there, but at the end of the day, it's a two-way street. Um, I've always wanted to earn what I got. I've never wanted to just be given something just because I'm here type of thing. So, you know, I'm really happy with how things have worked out over the years. Um, really no complaints. I mean, yeah, there was that one year where I fell off on the star team and Maybe that might not have been deserved. You know, maybe they were trying to do some things and it's all good. You know what I mean? I, I earned my spot back, you know, and I think that's all that really matters is they see where my value is for their brand. And uh, we're on a pretty clear understanding about that. So there's no reason to shake that up. Mm -hmm. I hope to be uh, with Innova for the rest of my career for sure. Awesome. And yeah, I, go I got ahead. one thing. Can you hear yeah. Evan? Can you hear Evan, Philo? Yeah. Can you hear me, Philo? I don't think so. Oh, no. I don't hear anything. Philo. No, that's that's intern Ben. F Philo, it's gonna get quiet for a second because he's gonna give me a question. Everyone else hears it but you right now, then I'll pass it along to you. All right. So uh, Philo's PDGA page right now says uh location of Iowa, but we know that he's from Southern California, or at least most of his uh er early career there. La Marada has been on tour in uh, has been in in the past on tour. Uh, we only see the OTB open up in Stockton, which isn't really SoCal. It's more Northern California. Uh, what is Philo's thoughts for the future of Southern California disc golf? On okay, tour? he gave this is Stat Mando for you. A lot of words, but what are your thoughts on the Southern <laughs> California? Uh, portion of the disc golf pro tour is that right, Evan? Like, how's it? What's it going to well, do? Absence of the Southern absence, California. Okay, what do you think about the absence of Southern California on the tour? I'm surprised, also not surprised. Um, okay. SoCal is so, so big. Um, we really don't have much of a premier course other than La Mirada, in my opinion. And that place is so congested, and it's like in the triangle of doom in Los Angeles. There's really no easy way in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the game is from where we were. You know, mm -hmm. I think yeah. is something with it, but I don't know, man. I'm really surprised we haven't shown up in SoCal for a number of years. That was a staple for the majority of disc golf's, you know, existence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
we've held you for a little while here. I got one kind of fun question. I think I've heard you're pretty good at other things. What's something else you've been good at in your life or you're still good at and you enjoy doing? Oh, man. Uh, I wish I would dedicated more time to my hobbies. <laughs> I've been Life's been a little different the last couple of years for me. Um, I used to love playing music. I was a drummer for a number of years. I wish I had more time for drumming, but uh, I kind of, I mean, I do. I just, I don't. <laughs> I don't do it. <laughs> okay. I love playing traditional golf. Uh, I think I'm pretty decent at it. I'm not great. I would never, like, try to play any tournaments or anything, but I enjoy it, and that's one of my favorite hobbies. Um, the live chat thought you might answer pickleball. Is pickleball a thing that you find uh, out there on the road? Never tried it. Oh, there you go. Well, the chat's going to be surprised, but it is a fast-growing sport. Never tried it. Drummer, um, golfer, obviously you have to have a mindset for that. Um, anything we missed, how, how can we support you? I mean, you you have the most famous disc golf shop, maybe it's could arguable of all time, Philobatross. We just saw the event, Beaver State Fling. Nobody else did it. Um, people used to be able to buy those discs. What other things can they do to support you as a player out there? Well, the easiest way I would say is uh, kind of a pro shop. They're selling my uh, tour support disc, the Swirly Star Strip. Uh, um, we got the my second tour disc is coming out soon, a Champion Hawkeye. Um, I've been on the Squatch Squad for the last couple of seasons. If anybody's interested, grab it up a Squatch bag and support me. They can use my name, Philo, on a coupon code and get a little discountery. Um, I do have some of my own, like, kind of small line of Philo merchandise. I kind of do it very selectively. I try not to, like, overwhelm myself out. I'm going to start looking for a distributor to kind of partner up with to try to keep the, the wheels rolling on that. But the Team Philo brand is still rolling strong. And every once in a while, I'll drop some stuff on Instagram and let the fans reach out and scoop some stuff mm -hmm. up. So I think really just if you do it through my sponsors, I mean, it comes back in the end. I mean, obviously, if there's any one who ever wanted to donate, you could find me on uh, PayPal or Venmo, Philo Brathwaite uh, for Venmo, or uh, Team Philo on Yahoo. But I, I really try not to do that. And, you know, if people wanted to do that on their own, that's all good. But I've never really asked for people to donate Give to me. I, I'll, again, I really like to earn. That's fine. You, know? you like to earn it. But let's see if we can do a little return for you tonight. Um, Philo, what was that again? At Venmo was what? Uh, Philo underscore Brathwaite. Okay, and was there another option? Uh, PayPal is Team Philo at Yahoo. Okay, I we get a significant number of listeners and viewers, and for the fun of this, if money comes in on that Philo, and I I hope it'd be really cool if it did. If anything comes in on that, would you just text me and give me an idea of what came in so I can update our listeners of how they supported you? That is one way to do it. We know they can get discs in other ways, but that'd be really cool to see. They've raised money before for other things. It'd be neat to see what the show could do this time. Did we miss anything, Philo? Man, I'm I'm really happy to be on this call with you guys. It's been a long time. I've been searching for this major. Um, of course, I was hoping to get it as a pro player, but you know, there's no, uh, no resentment, no hard feelings about that. You know, I, I got it when I got it. I'm happy to get one. I don't know how many players have come and gone over the years that never got it done. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it just feels good to be in that elite group of a major winner. Um, really want to say thanks to all the guys early on that inspired me to play back at Oak Grove, all the guys around Southern California that really helped me sharpen my tools, all the tour players, 
beat against over the years that really turned me into the player that I am, that everybody sees in front of them, in front of the camera. You know, also my family, all the supporters, all the people that are in my close circle that look out for me and, you know, keep me on a, on a positive side, even when I'm down. And you guys know what that looks like when Philo's bumming out about how he's playing golf. And, you know, the people in my corner that constantly lift me up and remind me that uh, you're going to have a good day. You know, you're going to have some bad days, but the good days are going to come to you. Keep, keep doing what you're doing, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so really all the support of the fans, really, man. Years and years and years. Great. I uh, got one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Great insight that's coming from you, Philo. Uh, hopefully, the support from our show can come in on that. That'd be pretty cool. I, and sent, I sent him 10 bucks. There you go. Intern Ben doing it. We we feed him jerky. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. No, that's awesome. And I want to point out, and I think the chat did the same thing here live, is you mentioned, you know, you wish you got it as a pro. You are a pro, obviously. We know what you mean. But, yes, you, you're doing great things out there. We're inspired. I love you on commentary. Uh, the more well-known you are, obviously the more people that don't like you. And that's just a thing that happens, but man, so many people like you keep doing what you're doing. We're very privileged and honored to have you on our show. Um, I'm glad we could do it now with this major win and maybe we'll be able to do it again. But in the meantime, keep doing what you're doing and we'll see you when you make it out to Maple Hill. Are you going to come out for MVP open? Are you going to be on the mic? Do you have any idea? Um, I don't think I'm involved with MVP. I'll be up there for Worlds in Vermont. Okay. All right, man. Well, maybe I'll catch you there. Yeah. That'd be awesome, man. man. You got at any time. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Enjoy your day. Thank you. All right, everybody. That was obviously Philo Brathwaite. Now, for those who are curious, that his camera and the spotty internet... I'm really happy with the audio for how bad that um, video was. Spotty cell reception for the actual video itself. Yeah. And for people listening who kind of tuned in late, the reason Matt was taking over the interview is for some reason a connection issue on my side and somehow Evan's side as well. I guess people just calling in. Philo couldn't yeah. hear us. So we were spitting questions to Matt and Matt was able to do what Matt does best. Oh my goodness. It's okay. Talk. It was pretty normal the way I just take over and make yeah. people angry. It's pretty <laughs> like Philo. I don't know. He probably makes people angry too, but not me. I, I think I like his uh, commentary. Man, uh, just uh, commentators in general, it's like the least loved job there is in disc golf. Like players, like uh, there's very few disc golfers that players are like, I just can't root for them no matter what. And it, <laughs> It it's like for the silliest things anyways, but for commentators, it's like, even, even no if people happy. love you, yeah. like there are twice as many people who will just talk bad to you, but all the time, like every single DGN commentator has angry comments everywhere. And it's like, Oh, like it's, it's not just like, like Joe Buck, I think's the best sports commentator. And I see more hate comments about him than anyone else. I think he's fantastic. And when he like, he's been commenting for a long time. Joe I think his dad did it too. When he started off, he was kind of, bad. if you People don't like Joe Buck forever. and you disagree with and Evan in the chat let me and know. in the comments, just rip Evan he's, and do uh, I actually, oh, oh my goodness. Why am I? Um, Gus Johnson is my favorite, but he's more of like a, a fun favorite. He's not really like classy Super Bowl World Series favorite. But anyway, and there's, oh, I was an NBA announcer. Why am I blanking on his name? Bang! Who's just so good? Um, the guy who yells "bang." No, Mike I Green, doubt it. It's not like Van Gundy or something. Oh, it, like oh, you're uh, talking about Kevin Brian Scalabrini? No, not Scal. I think it's Kevin Harlan, right? 
Kevin Hart? I I'm pretty sure it's names. Kevin Harlan. He is fantastic. And there's a, there's a lot of good commentators yeah. all over. The guy who uh, yells but, bang, though, definitely has the most clutch, like, bang calls out there. He's, he's yeah. one of my favorites. It, okay, and to go on one more, I, I can't remember. I can't forget the Sox famous duo of Jerry Remy, rest oh. in peace, first of all, and Don Orsillo. Yes. They were the beautiful combo. Dude, I would I, fall asleep to them at night as a teenager, a kid, like just they, listening. Where to the Comes game. the Pizza is like the biggest classic of all time. Uh, and there's another one where Nick Car- Nick Barcakis takes strike one. I'll leave it at that because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's semi yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, that's hilarious too. But anyways, to deviate <laughs> long from uh, Philo and the rest of the DGN crew don't get enough love. They're doing incredible jobs. And when Philo was talking about him doing the USDGC job, I wanted to say like him and Ian have done so well in that role and now when i think usdgc i literally think of philo and ian as much as i do like will shoestrick winning three times or paul mcbeth mm-hmm. i think now winning three times or other uh uh climo versus schultz like that feels this like as important as the players do which is so cool and what's important about having great commentators yeah uh, that was cool getting him on. Like I said, I'm glad the audio worked out for our post listeners. You don't know, but like his frames were like eh, in the range of like three frames per set. No, not even three. Uh, one no. frame per 10 seconds. It was really, yeah. really low. But hey, the audio worked. Um, he told us prior to that. He's like, I don't know. Service is really bad. Um, okay. Let's see here. We got a little bit to close out before we leave for a big game tonight. We talked about if you just mm-hmm. joined us, Season there's a big seven. Boston Celtics game. Uh, seven. Uh, okay, against the Miami Heat, obviously, go Celtics. Okay, Val Mandahano is back. She made a post. She did some Almost. social media throwing. Um, yeah, I say back. I guess she didn't play, but I, she posted she's a social video yeah, of her yeah, throwing. Yeah. I'll, let you, I'll let you finish. And, and she's throwing, and I'm like watching. I'm like, is there any weird thing? And she seems like she. I'm going to guess we should try to get her on 100%. She feels great. Mm-hmm. And so that will be a great new or return addition to the FPO. And Kristen Tatar is going to be returning soon. Um, this is heating up, baby. And to be clear with Val Mandahano, she announced that she's returning for the Dynamic Disc Open, mm-hmm. which is a few more weeks away. We'll have the Portland Open this weekend, the first Elite Plus event ever. Uh, we'll find out how much that is valued to players and what it means. Uh, and then we have a silver event before DDO at the Zoo Town Open, which is another new silver event. But if you've seen uh, Central Coast coverage in the past, uh, it has some notable courses out there. But then we'll hit DDO after that, and we'll see Val Mandahano come back. I believe... Kristen's coming back for Portland Open. Am I right? Uh, I actually need to check that. And do I some. do not know. I know they're both on their way back. She, uh, Kristen mentioned in her social she's June, June or May went too fast and she's heading back out to tour. So I don't know yeah, which event, she, but she's on her way. She's registered for the Portland Open as of now. I, don't, I, I would assume that's her true intentions, of course, with the uh, Disco Pro Tour tour card now. Uh, a lot of people look like they're registered when they may in fact not and it just has to go through the system Um, but i would assume that christmas star is playing portland open based on that all right uh and i know evan hates when i respond to these things but someone said thanks for the spoiler unsubscribed and i'll say this right now everybody unsubscribe if you don't want to hear who one of them he he was joking about (laughs) paul mcbeth winning usdgc and in will are you sure yes that's what this golfer is (laughs) yeah did he say that because no no that because evan said um 
All right. You know, Will well, Schuster won three times. Father Matt's won three times. That's what he was referring to. He was just well, making our status. We, people have done that for yeah. our title of our videos. I was all just the curious time. what we could have even. Philo Brathwaite I mean, wins his first major. He, it wasn't live. Their post production production is coming out. Oh, there will maybe be people up to see. I thought you yeah. were talking about That's my guess Either too. way, I'm not actually hot, but I am serious. If that, I would unsubscribe if I was you. Because this is going to get talked about when an event happens. And we don't do it on purpose to ruin people's lives. But, like, this is live disc golf. Philo wanted to talk about it, so we're going to talk about it. Okay, Val Mandahano is back. Here we go. Final topic. we got four minutes to do it. It might take six. That's okay. The lost disc rule. It came up during coverage at some point, And one of the commentators said, this is, like, the most penalizing rule in disc golf. And I started thinking about it and I kind of hashed it out a little bit. My concept of understanding when it comes to it is if your disc is lost, you have three minutes when the full group is able to start looking for it to find it. If you do not find it, the player then has to more or less say, okay, it's a lost disc. I have to go back to my previous lie, whether it's a tee pad or a previous shot. If you already picked up your mini group decision where you were, if it's a tee pad, do that. But with a penalty stroke, as if you were out of bounds, re-throw. Now, some of these questions that come up in my mind, Nick, you've played on some that actually have galleries. I don't typically get to do that. But there's a definite advantage to having a gallery. There's a definite advantage to having a spotter. If you do not have that, you're more likely to be able to lose a disc, whether it was a good shot or a bad shot, especially in areas with leaves and fallen, uh, you know, in the fall and everything else. We've all been there. Is there a way to remove this rule and it be good for the sport where a lost disc doesn't always mean a bad shot. And you could think, well, someone could say, oh, I lost my disc like on purpose, right? Like they could try to be like, I can't find it. But in that mindset, you have a whole card looking for it. It's not, you could, it would be almost impossible to intentionally be like, I can't find it and nobody else can find it either. Like, I don't, is there a way to remove this? What do you think about the rule? And do you think removing it would ruin the game? Uh, Evan, Nick, yeah. or Ben? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll I have start a comment off about I this. Oh my goodness. I, I would be in favor of removing it. I do understand why the rule is in place and how it's hard to end up removing it because if I lose it in, let's say, a pile of leaves or in snow, um, it, choosing where it could be, you could be wildly wrong compared to where it was, and it's kind of hard to figure out, oh, where we <coughs> think it was, um, of course, with it all being in play. I would say re-T, though, without, think... a, without, a, without a penalty. Re-T without a penalty, then. Like, don't penalize <sighs> I... the lost disc. Yeah, I think what I would kind of prefer is you get a penalty, but you take it from where you would guess it would be. Uh, I do think there should be some sort of penalty. I don't think it should just be you're off scotch-free and you just get to pick where you think it was and just play from there as if it was. I think that's difficult. I think there are workarounds with it. I, I will say, though, if it goes out of bounds and it's lost, it's not necessarily a rethrow from your old position. Katrina Allen ran into this. At, uh, I think it was the dynamic disc open with long grass is if it crosses out of bounds and then you cannot find it, you take it from where it went out of bounds if you know it crossed out of bounds or if that's where mm -hmm. the assumption is. So that's that's a different part of it too. But it, it's a tough rule. And I would say this might be a good place where you have an amateur rule and a professional rule or maybe a um, – maybe professional being a silver uh, event and up on a, on a tour that a tour can uh, choose to take on. If you're at a high enough status, like having a rule where it's different, I think would be a good thing because I do think amateurs and your average, you know, PDGA event that 98% of players play in having a rule that, you know, goes towards pace of play and whatnot is good. Uh, but you don't I have, do understand you what have you're that. saying though you about gallery, but play. I'm not. Yeah, you can have it. I, look for three minutes. 
If you don't find it, that's as long as you can look. I'm not saying remove that. I'm saying remove the penalty. So re-team would say I lost my disc. Walking back up the fairway is is adding to the uh, lowering the pace of play. Because if I have to go replay, I had to, I had to do that at Westy Acres in the chat. They'll know they saw it happen. I had to abandon my throw because it went into a place that was tough to find. It was considered it, we didn't consider it a lost disc. I just abandoned it right away because it. We would have been looking for three minutes and not found it. It was mm-hmm. not worth our time. Uh, I had to walk all the way back up the fairway. The group behind us, uh, which we were in a little bit of backups, they were waiting on us anyways. They had to wait even longer because I had to walk all the way back up the fairway, get to my spot, rethrow, And of course, you know, I, I wasn't doing great and had to work my way up before I was clear. And then they could throw. And so if there was a rule that you, if you have a lost disc, you can then take it at the best approximation of where it is for a stroke penalty or something. I think that would increase play. There, there's a lot of ways to go around. You this. can I'll, do I'll that with OB. That. You can do that with OB now. So if it goes in where you believe to be an OB area or you know to be, and you can't find it in an OB area, you say where you think it went out of bounds, even if you can't find your disc. So I'm yeah, saying like, let's bring that. it, let's bring it back to that where don't double penalize. Nick, what do you think about this rule? Have you ever lost a disc and had to re T? Um, I don't know if I've lost one and had to re-tee. I can't think okay. of it off the top of my head, but I've definitely lost a disc before and had to play from a previous lie. Um, it's definitely not something that uh, it happens very often. Like it definitely does not happen very often. It's actually rare for me to like our group to really not be able to find someone's disc, but it obviously does happen. Um, but I think the rule in and of itself is actually fine the way it is. I it's just kind of that's because you've never had bad. it happen to you. <laughs> It's like, no, but I mean, even, even still, like it, it, that's just extra bad luck on that part to where if you can't like I've seen it happen to someone a couple of years ago when I was playing at the hollows. It happened. I think we were playing the A tier up there like three or four mm-hmm. years ago, and the disc was about 80 feet further than any of us were looking. We looked for thir- three to four minutes, probably ended up finding it after the kid threw another shot, went all the way back to the tee pad, threw a shot. That's when we finally found it again. At that point, that's just kind of like, man, that's just bad luck. It's tough. You have the whole card looking for it. Everyone's, you know, hardcore looking for it and you can't find it. It is what it is. I I, I don't know. I don't know how you would change that to where it's like, it yeah, just I guess seems unfair. you could take off the penalty, but at the same time, it's... It seems unfair, know. though, I, I because a lead it. card gallery, they aren't going to lose a disc. But somebody else who doesn't have that lead card is going to lose a disc. Um, the yeah. players, if... If a caddy, is a caddy allowed to go stand down the fairway? Not as a throwing marker. I know that's a rule. You can't place a bag. But can a caddy go spot? We do that at amateur tournaments all the time. Like, hey, I'll throw, then I'll go down a spot for you. Like, all I'm trying to say is there's certain holes, blind holes. It's like, hey, I threw a good shot. It's under the Mm -hmm. leaves. We couldn't find it looking for three minutes. I just feel like you're double penalizing for bad luck that has nothing to do with your throw. It had to do with how it came to rest under leaves or something like that. I mean... So much of our game is also based on luck or not luck. I mean, someone hits the front of a basket and rolls 150 feet. The next person puts hits the front of the basket and it sits right under the basket. But they don't get penalized for hitting the front rim, Nick. They get penalized if they go out of bounds. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, it's like if it's just bad luck that you couldn't find the disc. And so we're double penalizing them. Go rethrow and take a penalty just because you can't find your disc. Uh, Ben, what do you think? All right, Here, here you go. Here's my... Here's my take. I've been rolling this over. Uh, I normally don't bring the takes, but here's Do my it. Take. Go full screen. Okay. It's your take. Oh, okay. My take is this. Well, it, yeah, it's annoying. I do think it's unfair. <laughs> because I think it's I think 
it could should be a pro am situation because if you're an amateur and it and then it just sucks and whatever you can explain it to all your friends at lunch like you normally do what happened in your round like oh i lost my disc and i got a double bogey so that's why i didn't get plus five anyways um i think this is the solution um you just re-tee from two i don't think that that's not a thing in so our you're game. agreeing with matt yes yeah. that's what i'm hearing yeah. you yeah. re-tee from two it's not that's not a not a thing in our game it's just frustrating. It's it's different on the AM side because it's frustrating when they're, we're like in New England. There's a bunch of leaves everywhere and there's nothing you can do. It's not like manicured pro course and it, it gets lost and it's like if it gets lost and it's frustrating, it's whatever. I think I think if we just do it to retee and then have it at two, it's you, you still should get penalized. I don't think you shouldn't, but it shouldn't be that drastic. Because if you think about it, if you if it's like a 400 foot hole or whatever, par three, and you have to retee three you have to park it for birdie just a bogey and most likely you're not gonna birdie it um if you're an amateur of that cal caliber so i think yes. um <laughs> birdie or, or bogey how, how, how birdie often or have you guys how often have you guys it's not often it's in the it's amateur division hold on it's in the no, amateur no, division I, more I, than anywhere any, it is in any the amateur division, but like that's I mean, what i'm so talking about you mostly. three right now you three more often than not play in the amateur division so i'm just curious yes what, so I've played the last five weekends or I've played with uh, or caddied for my youngest or from whatever. I was at events mm -hmm. and I saw this happen two different times at two different events. So two times separate events. And yeah. it's an immediate like we knew where it went. We walk down there. We go right where it was and we can't find it. Like it's a horrible thing where it's like we know it's right here. Like but mm -hmm. none of us are finding it in three minutes. I just think to your point, Nick, yes, it's bad luck when you hit the front room. It's bad luck when you hit a tree. It's bad luck when you throw it sky hyzer. But you aren't saying, well, because you threw it that high, we have a rule that says, like, now you have to rethrow with a penalty. It's like, no, that was a bad throw. I'm saying there are good throws where bad luck happens. And the yes, you're right. That's all mm -hmm. of them. But I'm saying, why are we penalizing bad luck? That's all I'm trying yeah, to say. This shouldn't be penalizing it's, it. It's mostly... To me, I think it's more of a problem in the AM field. Not even because of you're an amateur with uh, not as good. It's because these courses aren't as curated. They they have a bunch of brush. <laughs> We're lowly they, AMs. They have they have. And, a, and when you say AM versus pro, Ben, you're kind of going more to like local events compared to yes, pro tour. Yes, too. like pro tour. The the courses you're playing on are like sweeped like there's there's not a lot of too much debris on the ground we're, we're playing at courses where there's like brush piles everywhere and like leaves so if you lose it there then it's just like it's just like a lot harder to find the things i honestly i can't even believe uh like i think it was anthony Barella. i can't even believe that it was lost like i would have never imagined any losses at a pro tour event just because i feel like there's so many eyes so many cameras and the courses are manicured and trimmed so well that I don't think there be so that much things to make it hidden, but for amateurs, there's a lot. Uh, just, just that's just how it is. Someone in the chat called me out, Matt. I missed the Mando. It was bad luck. Don't penalize me. Here's the deal: if you see it miss a Mando, if you see it go OB, if you see it go in the water, penalize me. When you don't see where it went, and it's we all know where it is, and it's not out of bounds, and it didn't miss a Mando. Why are we penalizing people because they can't find it when a gallery standing around a basket would have found that for the player had we had that same gallery? You're telling me, I'm not whining, but
but I don't think that's fair. The same reason they would talk about having um, officials on lead cards, right? Not every card gets the official. Is it fair to have a lead card official? Um, I don't think it would be if every other card doesn't have it. So this kind of conversation, we just keyed everybody up. Was that fun? I think it was fun. We're considering yeah. at the Nick and Matt show running extra episodes. Oh, yes. Whether it's weekly or bi-weekly that are on topics not related fully to the pro tour. So it could be any topic related to disc golf, whether it's amateur or Nick's experience as a pro. It will be topics that are more maybe back and forth, a little debate. It could be fun topics. It could be tell us a story about what happened this last weekend. It could be a game. But we're going to probably roll it out when we do as a Patreon. We want to give you guys extra content for those who are really invested here. We'd love to do that for you. That was a that was a setup, guys. That was a setup to tease out there this kind of topic, this kind of thing. Some of you liked it, some of you didn't. That's fine. We've got other and content man, planned as well. It was a good, good I was ready to keep on going, but it's time for the it's Celtics. It's time to Celtics. So it we is. just tee up. It's uh, this is the final answer you tee up <laughs> re-tee from two if you, whether you're an am or a pro. There you go. <laughs> and guys, if I didn't come in hot like that, people wouldn't be commenting in the chat right now. We got yeah. like a thousand because they're like, Matt's dumb. Oh, we're going to see the because that, That's like a conversation where we could have gone on for another 20 minutes. But <laughs> Ben, cue be up like, the no. music. All right. Uh, okay. Boop. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in on this low-key Monday night. Um, we apologize, but us four really want to watch the Celtics get that last win tonight and hopefully create some history. So thank you for tuning in anyways, though. Shout out to Philo and uh, Ricky, Cad, all the people winning big tournaments this past weekend. Uh, don't forget to check out our social medias. Check all those out. Like, comment, subscribe. Matt? I pick Simon and I pick uh, Paige Pierce, by the way, for oh, Portland oh, Open. Oh, crap. Oh, good point. I pick oh, Gannon. Right. Well, uh, let's let's do another episode again. this week, literally for Gannon five minutes. No, Nick, go. Um, I don't we know who's playing points. it. Portland Eagle Open. and if Tatar's playing Tatar. <sighs> Dang it, that was my exact picks. Can I go the same no, as yeah, Nick? You can. Oh, yeah. We don't have enough time, so I'm going to stick with that and go the exact same as Nick. Okay. So, everybody, comment, like, subscribe, <laughs> check us out on all your favorite social medias. Go picked, Celtics. I just picked Paige over Kristen. Uh, ben, you're awesome. Nick, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. Love them. Cosmic Disc Golf, thanks for sponsoring this episode. Check them out. Peace out, everybody. Peace. Season seven. You heard it here first. <laughs> the Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.